everyone. Welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Melanie Wise. And I'm your other host, Jen Otero. Mercy Talk is presented to you by Mercy Multiplied, a nonprofit Christian organization that is committed to seeing hope restored and lives transformed through the love and power of Christ. Since 1983, Mercy has helped thousands of young women break free from life-controlling behaviors and struggles through our free-of-charge, biblically-based residential program. That's right. And Mercy's outreach activities are designed to educate, equip, and empower men and women of all ages to live free and to stay free. So on Mercy Talk, we want to tackle real-life issues and everyday struggles that affect our lives by applying the same biblically-based principles of freedom that we've seen effectively change lives for 35 years. To find out more, go to mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Well, last week we started a brand new conversation on anger at God um, on the heels of a series that we did last month on heartache and suffering. Um, And if you joined us last week, you would know that we just kind of started talking about the anger at God, the fact that that is so often a part of our lives when we walk through hard things, Mm -hmm. but that we do have permission to not just feel it, but also to process it with the Lord. We also hit a little bit on just that guilt and that shame and some of the blocks that can kind of come up when it comes to that place of going, okay, I'm angry with God, but what do I do about this? And so one of the big challenges that we gave our listeners that we hope you all took if you're in that kind of season is to really give yourself permission to not just feel it, but to take it to the Lord in whatever form that needs to to be that sometimes it's not even just an anger. Sometimes it's a full on rage mm-hmm. and to give yourself permission to pour that out before the Lord, to scream, to yell, to cuss, whatever it takes, but to do that so that you don't get stuck. Because we talked a little bit too about how, when we don't address these things and if we allow that guilt or some of those lies that come in that, you know, maybe God will be offended or, or somehow I'm being disloyal or dis disrespectful um, to yeah. the Lord in these emotions, that there's a lot of those blocks that can come in to keep us from going there. But when we don't, Mel, there's such a destruction mm. that can come yep. in our relationship with others, our relationship with God. It it will stick around if we don't address it. And so we hope that our our listeners were able to take that challenge and kind of go from there. So I think today we were wanting to kind of look a little bit even just at scripture and just mm-hmm. how... Jesus interacts with people who are in places of, of you know, pain or, yeah. or doubt. And one of my favorite stories, just because it's such a, I don't know, it's just such an easy story to connect with, is the story of Thomas mm-hmm. in Scripture. And one of the books that we kept referencing back to last month was um, the book by Jennifer Rothschild called God is Just Not Fair. Mm-hmm. And she she brings this story up. And I just loved the picture that she painted of it. And if you don't know the story, um, most people refer to Thomas in the Bible as Doubting Thomas. Right. Um, she actually, in the book, refers to him as Honest Thomas, <laughs> I which that. I love. I'm like, he really does get the short end of the stick every right? time. Like, how dare him doubt? He's just being honest. That's and, right. Uh, let's just be honest that we would all be in that same place probably if if we experienced what he did. So in this story, you know that um, the, the disciples were gathered. It's after Jesus had, had died. He was buried. They're all mourning. They're all freaking out about it. And they're together. And then Jesus shows up. Like the resurrected Jesus shows up in the room with them. Okay. And they're like, okay, there he is. Wow. Um, so they all, you know, like, well, he's alive. Awesome. Well, there's somebody who's not there that day. And it's Thomas, 
poor guy missed out on all the fun. Right. So he's not there. And then the disciples are telling him later, like, Jesus is alive. We mm-hmm. saw him. He came. And he's like, mm, yeah, I don't know about that. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. And I don't, like, I can't remember his words verbatim, but like, basically, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to see it for myself, mm-hmm. you know? And so about a week later, he's with the disciples and who shows up? But the resurrected Jesus. And Jesus comes to him knowing his doubts and allows Jesus to like physically touch him, touch mm-hmm. his, his hands, his side. And and I love so much what, what she says about this story is that, you know, Jesus didn't he didn't scold Thomas. Mm-hmm. He didn't get like annoyed with him or shame him for not having this this faith or this trust that maybe even his friends had in that moment. But he offered Thomas in the midst of his doubt and in the midst of his questions this chance to really experience him and to literally physically touch him and to touch his scars. And I just, the quote that she uses in the book is, um, she says, questions don't always reveal answers, but your questions will reveal Christ. Yeah. And how that is shown so beautifully in that story. Um, And so, you know, when we're in this midst of anger and those questions are are rushing in and there's all this doubt and, and those things can so easily take us away from Jesus. They can, as we talked about last week, really take us down a road that over the course of time, if we don't address them, can really take us away. Um, or the other option is that those questions and doubts and angers can take us to him and That's can right. lead us directly to Jesus. And so what she says in the book is Thomas's pain, confusion, and doubt didn't keep him from experiencing Jesus in a deeper and more personal way. In fact, it was his doubt and pain that drew him to get as close as possible to Jesus. And so I just love how that story paints this picture of Jesus meeting Thomas, not after he had gotten his act together and was trusting him. In the midst of his doubt and in the midst of his questions, Jesus revealed himself and Jesus drew near. And how he will do that for us too. Mm -hmm. He's not waiting for us to get our acts together before he shows up on the scene. In fact, it's in the place of our doubt and anger and questions that he wants to walk right in and draw near Mm -hmm. and help us to experience him in a way that we never would have before if we had not brought those doubts and questions forward. Yeah. Just love how that story paints that picture. It's so good. And it just continues to remind us of the truth of Jesus's character. Yeah. I think we mentioned this last week that so often we humanize him and assume that he's going to respond or react us in the way that I would or you would mm-hmm. as humans. And that is not the case. He has such a higher perspective and just, I mean, he is perfect. He's able to interact with us in such a way that is so not human yeah, <laughs> because of who he is and his character and the fact that he's unchanging. But if we address or come towards the Lord from this idea that he's going to react or respond the way that a human would, we shut it down and we don't actually give him the opportunity to respond as a good, loving father Mm -hmm. in the way that he will. Mm -hmm. Um, On May 3rd, we posted a teaching by Debbie Debbie Harvey who talked through just her own process of anger at God. If you have not listened to it, I encourage mm, you to really kind of good. go back and listen. We felt like that was a good starter to kind of these two series that are kind of moving together with heartache and suffering and then anger at God. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, during that teaching, shared on the steps to intimacy. And I we just thought that was such a cool part that we wanted to kind of pull out in our discussion today. The idea that intimacy is something that we are work into. It's not something that 
happens overnight. And really the steps to intimacy start with an attraction. Then they move to getting to know someone. Then they move to that place of trust, to a place of love, and then to a place of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And I think so often we can just assume, especially in relationship with God, but also with others, that overnight I need to just trust God and I need to be in a place of intimacy because I know better or that I've been taught this or that there's this head knowledge. But in reality is you can't trust someone that you don't know. We know this in just human relationship, right? It's funny how we have this different bar and expectation Mm -hmm. at times with Mm -hmm. God, like, well, because he's God, I should trust him. But if you don't know him, why would you trust him? And you can't love someone that you don't trust. And so especially when we walk through these seasons of heartache and suffering and loss and diagnosis and difficulty, it makes all the sense in the world that we don't necessarily trust him. We don't feel super connected, but that it starts a cycle in our lives that can go two ways like we've talked about. It can either be a cycle where we're actually able to build a new level of trust Mm -hmm. as we move through and walk through a, a building of his intimacy and love and trust with him. Or on the flip side, if I completely avoid it, I'm going to be in a position of complete breakdown in my relationship with him. And so as crisis happens, it actually gives us an opportunity if we lean in, if we give him space to speak to us, if we give ourselves permission to kind of go there with him, that he is going to allow us to move into relationship with him in a whole new way. And that it doesn't mean that we've gone backwards. It's so, so important that we understand that when you hit these seasons in your relationship with God, because of difficulty, it does not mean you've gone backwards. It actually positions you to begin to move forward into new levels and deeper levels of intimacy with him as you kind of walk this out and you give him space to give you perspective Mm -hmm. and you're honest and you are able just to create that space with him. Like we said, not just to do the one-sided conversation, I'm raging and upset and angry, but Lord, what do you have to say? Yeah. And as that happens, there's a new level of trust and intimacy that's built. Yeah. I, I love from that teaching, you know, a lot of that teaching was built on the story of, of Mary and Martha and mm-hmm. when they lost their brother, Lazarus, yeah. when Lazarus died. And and she said that, you know, Mary in this story is mourning, mm-hmm. but she's not just mourning the loss of her brother. She's also mourning the loss of who she thought that Jesus was. Because yeah. if you know the story, you know that Mary and Martha called on him to come and save and heal their brother. He didn't come immediately, and so Lazarus died. And so she's not just mourning the fact that my brother died, but she's like, I thought you were this. I thought you would come in this way. I thought you would save in this way, and you didn't. And so she's also mourning that. And and I shared this, you know, last week, but that teaching that Debbie made um, was just days after my husband and I had found out that we had lost a baby. And, And I remember... It was, it was in that point that, I mean, I had so much doubt, so much confusion, like such a loss of like, I don't even know who you are anymore because of even just how that story had come to be and how we had even struggled to get pregnant in the first place. And then when we did, you know, like I thought you had this story in mind for us and you have shown yourself to not be who I thought you were in the middle of all of this. And I felt like I had gone backwards. Mm-hmm. I used to trust you. I used to love you. And now I've gotten like, as far as this steps to intimacy, intimacy thing, I'm back to the beginning. Right. And I connected with that idea of mourning the loss of who I thought you were. 
and I thought it meant I'd backtracked spiritually, but this whole idea of the steps to intimacy opened me up to the idea of like, what if it's not that you've backtracked? Yeah. It's just that you have now an opportunity to go through the cycle of intimacy again, but in a much deeper way. And you get to know Jesus. Like, I got to get to know you again mm-hmm. in light of all of this that's going on in my life. But oh, the new levels of intimacy. And can I please just say, a few months later, I can absolutely say, as you lean into that cycle and you let that cycle happen, I know and love and trust the Lord more today Mm -hmm. than I did in January before all this happened. So he will take you to a new level of intimacy if you'll lean in and let him do it. Um, But I love that picture that she painted. It's so good. I would submit that there's sometimes that place of mourning the very expectation or the very story that we have written for our own lives and beginning to let go of those plans and expectations of God and the way that this is going to going to play out and embracing and choosing to say, Lord, I don't understand, but I will choose to trust you. I will choose to understand that you are a mysterious God, that you don't always operate the way that I would expect you to. And that there is a higher level that you see. We come out stronger on the other side. It's it's a little bit more easy for us to say that right now sitting here today because we are in that place. Sure. But if you are in a place of loss or diagnosis or difficulty, it's one of those things that we just encourage you to trust us for what we're saying because mm-hmm. as you walk it out and as you lean in, he will bring that perspective and he will bring that strength and that beauty from the challenge that you can't see now, but it's there. Yeah. And as you keep showing up, he will show up as well. Absolutely. I, I really do, I think, connect with that that mourning the loss of what you expected yeah. not just of him mm-hmm. but also just of life yeah. and when you feel like like I did my part mm-hmm. how dare you desert me in this you know and there is a place whenever you're walking through disappointment and anger at God of also having to come to terms with the fact that you're not in control mm-hmm. I didn't realize how controlling I was until things started not going the way I wanted them to go. (laughs) And I'm like, oh man, I need to look at this a little bit. But like, that I can't actually manipulate the circumstances of my life to make them go the way I want them to go every time. That I am not actually sovereign Mm -hmm. over my life. And that can be a really hard thing to come to terms with, you know. Um, But when when you're walking through difficulty and pain and heartache or loss or whatever that might look like, and you've got this anger thing going, one of the things that comes right alongside that is the why. Yeah. Oh, that's so important. Why? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand this. And I, oh man, do I remember in those early days after we lost the baby, I just could not help but be plagued by that. And it's like, I kind of knew that he wasn't probably going to give me the answer, Mm -hmm. but I had to ask it anyway. And I encourage you that if you're in the midst of, oh, you know, this kind of season and you're like, well, I don't don't even need to ask the Lord why, because he doesn't usually tell us why. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Just ask anyway and see what he says. He may not give you the answer, but like we talked about with that story of Thomas, like in the midst of those questions and doubting, he shows up and he gives you himself. That's right. And trust me, that's actually better than the answer. That's right. But I remember the day that I was just like, why, why? Why, why? And I wrote out a list of all the whys that I had. And let me tell you, it was lengthy. <laughs> but I was like, I just don't get it. This doesn't make sense. Why, why, why? And I felt like, I felt like his response to me in that moment was like, daughter, if I could, if I could tell you, I would. Yeah. But you don't, like, you're a finite being trying to understand infinite things. And, I, right. and you won't. You won't mm-hmm. be able to get it. You won't be able to understand it. 
but can you trust me that while you're still just, you know in part this side of heaven, mm-hmm. there is going to be a day that you know in full. And can you trust me in the midst of that gap? And and I really did clearly feel like the Lord told me two things that day. There are yeah. two things I'm going to need you to do. I'm going to need you to, one, let go. Ooh. Like, let go of yeah. what you expected. Let go of the plans that you had. And, and, and honestly, I wrote this, I wrote down again, like what I journaled that day. And I don't know if this would connect with anybody, but verbatim, what I heard from him was let go of your plans, daughter, let go of your timeline, let go of the expectation you have for how life should look. Is there any time in your life that you can look at and regret surrendering? Mm. Have I ever failed to far exceed your dreams? Let go of trying to control the future. You cannot control it. You cannot manipulate it. And you know that I am the only one whose hands can safely hold your life. Surrender. <sighs> Dread word. It's like the other S word. <laughs> it is. It is. Surrender. No, thank you. But then the second part of that, I felt like he said, embrace the mystery of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I need you to surrender the expectations, but embrace the fact that I'm mysterious. Yeah. And you're not going to fully understand all of that. Um And so, you know, I just felt like he just reminded me, like, you're trying so hard to understand. You're trying so hard to make sense of all of this. But I actually need you to stop trying to do that because you're not you're not going to be able to fully grasp this. And it's just a futile attempt. And I need you to embrace the fact that I'm just mysterious. Yeah. And and you know, in part, but one day you will know in full. Mm. Um, And so if I I think there was part of me that wanted to make sense of all of it before I let go of my anger. And he was like, daughter, if that's the way you're going to operate, you're never going to let go of your anger because you're never going to be able to really make sense of it this mm-hmm. side of heaven. That's right. And that was some tough stuff. But anyway, in the midst of all of that, there was a quote that I think somebody posted on Instagram that I was just like, what? Yes. This is theme <laughs> the theme quote from a life right now. And it was a Corey Ten Boom quote. If you don't know her life... Go look it up. We can't go into all of it today, but a quote that, I mean, talk about some darkness and suffering that someone walks through. She said this quote, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit still and you trust the engineer. So I really like actually had that image of walking, like going through a tunnel and it being dark and really wanting to jump off the yeah. train. I wanted to jump off. I'm like, oh, I don't like this train. I don't like where this is going. Right. I'm done. But that when you're on a train, you, you just sit still and you trust the engineer. That's it's so like, true. Well, all right then, Corey. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. It's powerful, but I think you helpful. make such an important point that I want to reiterate, Mel, and that is that so often we think, I'm going to hold on to my anger until I understand. I'm going to hold on to this anger until it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And the reality is that we will know in part, like you said, but we may never fully understand the loss and the difficulty and the just the crap that we come up against in this world. Yeah. We may not fully understand it. It's just not the reality. We will have perspective. There mm-hmm. will be clarity. There will be truth. The Lord will give revelation. But if we are waiting around for some solid, clear answer to why we walk through suffering and difficulty, it may not happen. Mm-hmm. And so 
I think you make such an important point that I want to reiterate. If that is where you are today, I challenge you to switch those around. Release the anger. And what you're going to find is that there is a whole nother level of clarity and truth that the Lord can bring. Even as a counselor, that's where I go. Like if I'm walking through a healing season, I want to know what's on the other side. If I'm walking through a loss, what do you have to say that I can look forward to and know that you've promised? It doesn't mean that it's an answer for the why, but I believe that there is even that vision of like, Lord, when I, as I walk this through, Mm -hmm. where am I going to be on the other side of this? Mm -hmm. If this is a diagnosis and it's saying that this is how it's going to play out, what do you say? Mm -hmm. What is your strategy? And going, Lord, this is difficult, but what are your promises? What are you saying is on the other side of this? And how do I walk this through in a strategic way that lines up with what you have to say? And so while we understand that all of this is much easier said than done, yes, like you may be listening and we even (laughs) laughed a couple times last month, like you may want to kind of just turn it off, throw your phone, whatever. But to continue just to press in and join us in this, because we understand that as much as this is difficult, as we lean in and as we allow the Lord to do his thing, we will come out better for these things. And so we want to just really encourage you this week as we wrap up to cultivate some of that intimacy in your relationship with the Lord, that there, you may be at step one again going, Lord, I'm, I'm barely attracted to you right now. Yeah. And I'm getting to know you again and I'm starting to lay down what I thought this was going to look like, but I'm going to give you some space to speak to this and to really show me what I need to know. It mm-hmm. may not be the answer to the why, but mm-hmm. it can be some things that are super helpful for my soul and my heart that just feeds that hope that is desperately needed in difficult yeah, times. We also just want to let you know that under our freedom tools at mercymultiply.com, there are a variety of different tools that may also be additionally helpful. There's a hearing the voice of God that talks through that, gives some questions, um, just some who I am in Christ statements, some different things that you may go, okay, what can I practically start mm-hmm. to get in front of me, specifically areas of truth? And so if you go to mercymultiply.com under freedom tools, under, it's resources, freedom tools, you'll see a variety of just different things mm-hmm. that are PDF downloads that you can just kind of attach with. And so we hope that you will look into those, cultivate some intimacy, and that you'll join us next week. We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you have any thoughts or questions about what we discussed, or if you'd like to share your ideas for future podcast topics, please let us know by emailing us at mercytalk at mercymultiply.com. And if you're enjoying Mercy Talk, be sure that you go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and to leave us a five-star review. We also want to remind you that Mercy Multiplied and Mercy Talk are funded solely by donors, and we are so thankful for the support of so many people all over the country and even the world. So please consider supporting this free programming by giving a gift at mercymultiplied.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you'll join us next week.